0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning, everybody. School is back, um, which is really exciting. I love school time in Sundown, Texas. It is so fun. This summer, uh, normally things slow down in the summer. That didn't happen uh, like at all. Uh, we were just as busy as we've ever been here at the church, and now school's back, so we're just going to add another layer of busyness on top, and I'm really excited. The staff, uh, they thought they couldn't handle anymore, but now they're going to handle some more. It's going to be good. Uh, I love it. We're having a ton of fun. Our staff is just so active already in the school and, and ministering in the school and ministering alongside the community uh, to our kids and our teachers and uh, we're just we're excited. The Lord is doing a great and wonderful thing here in Sundown, Texas, and the stage has never been so prepped for an amazing work of God. I'm telling you, every time I have a conversation, I still we've we've done this for seven years. We have met in that boardroom every Monday. Uh, Every Monday, even through the summer, and we've we've interceded over the week with the administrators, and I'm telling you, I have. It's always been a wonderful time, but I've never had as much fun in those meetings as I'm having right now. The Lord has just brought this team together. It's just an amazing thing, and so we're having a blast. And uh, I'm just I'm really excited for what the Lord is doing. Last week we spoke on this fact that community can't exist. Community as, as uh, not, not a community of Sunday, but the, com- the people intertwined in each other's lives, together, doing life together. That community, that cannot exist until it exists in the people of God. Amen? Can't exist. It was created by God for the people of God that we could do it, and we can't show it to them what it's supposed to look like if we ourselves are not walking in it. And we talked about that. We talked about how Sarah and I have to be the ones uh, to start that. Well, I can't expect you... To walk in community with one another if I am unwilling to walk in community with you. And so we talked about that. And we talked about how it has to exist here first. And we cannot be contributors to the division being spread in this world because it will try, it has always tried, it is going to continue to try, and it is trying right now, division to make its way into this house. To make its way into this The people of God that gather here, it will always try. We will never be, we will never escape division trying to find its way into your heart, ever. So just get over that right now. And just be ready to always stand against it, to stand firm with one another. Ephesians 4 1 through 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy to the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There should be an excitement in us, an eagerness in us to maintain unity with one another. We should be excited. We should be delighted To remain unified with one another and to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. And don't forget verse 25. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Amen? If I contribute to division, I'm contributing to hurting myself. Because what you have unlocks more beauty in me that the Lord has created and only has created you to unlock it within me. That's the bond of peace. That's the the unity in the Spirit. That's being unified in the body of Christ. We give function to each other that we could function fully as God has intended us individually to function when we operate in unity together. Amen? Amen. And so when I actively spread division in that, I'm not just hurting you, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting me. I'm limiting, I'm putting a cap on what the Lord can release in me and show me and allow me to be a part of when I am one that harbors division. Amen? There are a lot of ways to contribute to the, vision, to, to the division that we see. And the main thing is is this, it's, that, it's the James 1.6. I know it's talking about asking the Lord, but it's talking about asking the Lord and praying to the Lord without any doubting, right? We know that passage. We know James 1. But in all things, not just in our prayer to God, because if we're praying to God with doubt, we're living our entire life with doubt. That's just an extension of the doubt that we have already harbored and live in. We cannot be those tossed to and fro by the wind and the waves. We can't. We cannot be those that are inconsistent, as inconsistent as the tide. That cannot be us. We cannot have a storm roll in and then change our course because a storm rolls in. And that, I see, is the cause of so much division. Somebody says something you don't like, some, I mean... How many churches have been started in just our community because somebody did something they didn't like? A lot of the times, they weren't even church-related things. It's like, I don't like, I don't like that superintendent. I'm starting a church somewhere else because there are people that go to this church that like that superintendent. What? That had nothing to do with the business of God, and we split the body in half because of it. A circumstance changed, and I didn't like it, so I stuck my nose up to it, and I left I started a new, better body of God. No, you didn't. You just destroyed, you, you, you harbored something that will, without a doubt, destroy the body of Christ. We cannot be those tossed to and fro by the wind. Right? And I see that. I see that as, as one of the main causes for division in the Christian world today. Is that we're just all over the place. We've always got a response to the circumstance. And it always has di- something directly to the circumstance. We, we've got to address it. Instead of just being those that steer through it. We've got to stop and we've got to... No, just let the Lord guide you through it. He'll ask you to speak or He'll ask you to be quiet. A lot of times, there are a lot of us who just be like... Shh, shh, right now, for a second. Amen? We cannot place faith in that which is not of God. Amen? That means let it be. That we will not be those that place faith that are in things that are not of God. Amen? So that is one of the major things I see in the church today. There is another one. Uh, it's what I often see. It's what we often see. And I'm just going gonna, gonna, to... I've got to have a disclaimer here. I have not come to you to offend you. But if you feel offended, this is for you. Okay? It's for you. This is for me. I am not standing here. You know this. I have told you this several times. The Lord does not bring words for me to be like, hey, go give that to them, those dirty sinners. You are free of it, obviously. That's not it. The Lord has to correct in me And then I can come to you. So I'm preaching from a place of victory in this place that the Lord has had to teach me. And this one in particular was more of a butt-chewing and less of kindly guiding me into truth. Uh, It's sometimes a good butt-chewing is is what we need, right? There are many times, I mean, early on, and I've talked about this, there were many times, Jay probably knows this better than anybody. Randy can can give a good butt-chewing. It's tough. (laughs) And when I started here, I received several. Several uncomfortable butt-chewings. And they made me the man I am today. Because the Lord was in it. Truth was in it. But anyways, the Lord has a word for us today. And this is, for me, it was more of an eye-opening thing for me. To see how... I had allowed this in my life. So just roll with me for a little while. What I see so often and what I know you see so often that, that is causing division, bringing division is the inactive believer. The believer that stands still, the disengaged believer. Because there's, 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 there's no in-between. You're either Allowing division to exist, or you're eagerly maintaining. And eager maintaining, that how can you escape understanding that there is work required in that? When it says eagerly maintain the unity in the Spirit. To have any kind of maintenance requires effort, right? So if we're not actively participating in the unity of the Spirit... We're sitting still. Then we're at, we are actively not moving and allowing division to spread. Okay, you with me there? So the disengaged believer. And why are we disengaged? You may have your own thoughts on this, but we live. And this, I promise, this is going in a different direction. So just stay with me. Don't get ahead of me. We live in a society that worships convenience. I was driving, I don't know where I was driving sometime this week, I was listening to the radio, and there's a commercial for gummies for kids, and it was advertised, is your kid getting up at night and just won't stay in bed, give them this gummy and they'll pass out. I'm like, is that where we're at now? I've got one of those, he will not stay his butt in bed. I'll go in there and he's doing backflips. Or he'll come out and tell me, hey, I just did a backflip. It's like, Kai, it's 10 o'clock at night. Go to sleep. (laughs) Right? But now there's a solution. Just pop him full of some stuff. going to make him drool like crazy. He's not going to function. He'll just pass out. Sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes they just need to know when I say do something, you better do it. It is for your safety that you do it. We, a kid wants to, wants to be quarterback at school but he weighs like 320 and can't throw a ball 20 feet. But my, boy, my baby wants to be quarterback. So we're going to quit here. We're going to go to a different school. Or he's going to quit football. I'm going to let him quit because they wouldn't give him what he wanted. Or he can't make the grades at this school. Well, no, you don't need to work harder. You need to just go somewhere easier. I see that a lot. We see that a lot. Kids that can't keep their butt out of trouble, well, it's the school. It's their fault. That's the reason they're in trouble all the time, because the school hates them. Like, no, because your kid's a turd. (laughs) Sorry, it's okay. Everybody has moments. But that's all it was, and they just need some correcting. You don't like the pastor? They didn't play the song that you requested three weeks in a row? Go to a different church. I can't believe they won't play the newest song by Chris Tomlin. How dare they? I can't believe all they play is songs that they wrote. Ugh. And so we'll go somewhere else. That pastor wears skinny jeans. I'm going somewhere better. Baptist with khakis. But we do that. We shop, right? We, we search for what's convenient for me. Or I've been there three weeks in a row. All those words, that, all, all the messages the pastor brought they don't really apply to me, so I'm, I'm going to find somebody else that can teach me. Just pump the brakes. Randy used to say, "If you find a, a perfect church, don't go there because you'll ruin it." <laughs> yeah, it was perfect before you, <laughs> so stay back. But the thing that that's preaching too is there is there that's a convenience thing. I want it to fit me. I want everything in my life to fit me and look the way I like. And the Spirit of God doesn't really fit there very well. It's crazy now. I mean, and now listen, There, some of these things are not a big deal. Totally fine. I love cars because of the convenience they bring to my life. I don't want to walk Everywhere I have to go, or horse and buggy, or whatever. But even that was convenient at the time. But it's when our life becomes about the pursuit of convenience, of what the Lord would have us do, that it becomes detrimental. There are detrimental things in our pursuit of convenience. And so when our life is constantly in the pursuit of convenience, then what gets jumped, uh, jumbled up into that is our interaction with one another in the body of Christ. So, helping in the nursery, teaching a Sunday school class, helping with VBS. Those are not convenient. I am the pastor here and I am telling you, those are not convenient. But when we pursue convenience, we miss out on moments that we're supposed to be a part of. We miss out on engaging with one another. We don't do it because so much of our life is shaped by convenience. That now, what we are seeing is the body of Christ and our willingness to engage with the body of Christ is if it's convenient for me at the time or not. If it is inconvenient for me, I'm not going to engage. If it is convenient, I'll engage. I know you're following with me, but we've got to see how that is destroying the body of Christ. It is absolutely destroying the body of Christ. And this COVID time, this time apart, and now we get to be together again, has totally just exposed that completely. I have had so many conversations with people, and they're like, man, we got to get back to church. But we just got so used to just having Sundays to ourselves. And part of, now listen, Sarah and I loved Sundays to ourselves. We loved it. I mean, we woke up, had church on the TV, made breakfast. Me and the boys go outside and play. I mean, it was, life was easy, and it was convenient. It's difficult for us to get up, get ourselves ready, because we're tired. She's, like, making a child right now, so she's really tired, we got to get ourselves ready. We've got to get the boys ready. I've got to go do all a million things. She's got to do a million things just to make this thing happen. That's inconvenient. I am the pastor here, and I'm telling you this position is not one of convenience. It's not. Engaging with the body is not always convenient. Sometimes it is. A lot of times it's not. So this is what happens. Now, we're talking about convenience. I need us to back up just a little bit. Look at Genesis 3, 22 through 24. The fall of man were kicked out of the garden. From that moment on, man has sought to have life found in the garden to restore that which was lost. Now just hang with me for a second. In the spirit, what does that look like? It looks like the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus came to reconcile the world back to himself. That we could have community with God again as it existed in the garden. When Adam and Eve heard the Lord looking for them, calling their name, and they hid... It wasn't like He was calling from the sky. He was walking. It said He was walking in the garden. They had that kind of community with the Spirit of God, with the presence of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They interacted with Him face to face. And the Spirit, that is the ministry of reconciliation, the world being reconciled back to Himself. And Jesus has given us that ministry of reconciliation that we could establish the kingdom of heaven here and now we said this before, I'll say it again. We are not waiting for Jesus to come back. Jesus is here. He's in you. Each and every one of you that believe on His name, that accepted the blood of Jesus in your life, and have been covered by the blood of Jesus, and your sins washed away, and have received the Holy Spirit, Jesus is in you. The Spirit of God is in you to establish the Kingdom of Heaven here, now, not someday far off in the future. That is what it looks like. It is the ministry of reconciliation. The sons and daughters reconciled back to God. But in the soul, in the flesh, in the world, what we see, those who can't be reconciled, you can't be reconciled without the blood of Jesus, without believing on the blood of Jesus. All right, we know that. All sins have been forgiven. But receiving that for yourself is where people are not at Oh, People unsaved and saved, the difference is those who have believed in Jesus and those who haven't. Okay? Very simple, we know that. The soul, the flesh, the world, those that have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who have not been reconciled, they constantly pursue ways to build the garden. And what it, whether they want to or not, you've got to recognize this one reality. We were all made for Him. All things made by Him and for Him. And every person that breathes life here on this earth is included in the all things. And so what that looks like in that pursuit is convenience. We're, we talked about this when, uh, years ago in our, in our study of heaven. And, it's, and, and understanding what this new heaven and new earth would look like. And that really took my mind a different way because I don't know that DeWalt Power Tools is going to be in heaven but i'm really curious now what does it look like to build a house in heaven i mean do we even need one but is it like like my i just join wood together and then it's a structure like i i don't know but i and i don't know what it was supposed to be like in the garden maybe there was absolutely no need for any of that there was no need for shelter the wings of the presence of god were shelter and that's all we needed i don't know but it looks like convenience and it's not always a bad thing again like i said Cars are an amazing thing. They allow us to get from point A to point B a lot faster. But when we choose convenience over the body, it destroys. We read the New Testament, all of which were written by men that did not live a life with convenience. Not a one of them. You you look at... It's so funny in the chosen watching that as they're walking with Jesus. They continuously and constantly complain about the inconvenience of their circumstances. I don't blame them. But their life was not convenient. But they chose that, and because they continued to choose that day after day, your children, you right now, know the name of Jesus. We need to recognize that. Those men chose an inconvenient life that we could know the name of Jesus and be saved and be received into the kingdom of heaven as sons and daughters. That's the only way. These men chose this life that was not convenient. It was inconvenient for them. So if we are members one of another, and I choose convenience over engaging with you, I hurt myself. And I also hurt you. I rob my brother and my sister of encountering the living God that is living in me. Look at John 4. Verse 7. We know this passage well. We're going to read it anyways. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, "'Jesus said to her, "'Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst, be thirsty again, "'but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him "'will never be thirsty again. "'The water that I will give him "'will become in him a spring of water "'welling up to eternal life. "'The woman said to him, "'Sir, give me this water "'so that I will never be thirsty "'or have to come here to draw water. "'Jesus said to her, "'Go, call your husband and come here. "'The woman answered, her, "'I have no husband. "'Jesus said to her, "'You are right in saying, "'I have no husband. "'For you have had five husbands, "'and the one you now have is not your husband.' When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I, this, this is a scene that we see in the Chosen. And this moment when they're at the well, now this woman has to come to draw in the heat of the day because she's not allowed to go with the women in the morning because of the shame that is over her and the life that she's currently living. And Jesus finds himself in the heat of the day in the Middle East. So the heat of the day is like a different kind of heat. Um, Walking to where the Lord has called them next and the disciples are going to find food. Which part of this is convenient? Which part of this sounds like their life is just like, man, this is really easy. But praise God because Jesus chose to be where his father was, not where it was easiest to be. But also look at how convenient it was that he would find himself at that well at that time. Because here's the thing, God is convenient. How can what you were made for not be convenient for you? It's just not always the easiest. And that's what we add to convenience. In the world, convenience is what is easiest. In the spirit, it is convenient to pursue that which you were made for. Perfect. Try. Try. It's perfect, yes. It's exactly what it is. So Jesus, in this perfect timing, finds himself exactly where he needs to be. How convenient to release truth to one that had been rejected. I mean, just in my story, there would be a young man that would go to school at Texas Tech and he would meet a group of people, two of them having the last name of Winfrey, and they would have a desire to start a Bible study. So these two girls would go, and they would ask their dad, the only one they really knew and trusted, to teach a group of young men about the Lord. So this Bible study would start, and eventually this young man would begin uh, to grow and further and further, and after he graduates college, he would become a youth pastor serving under the man that's been teaching him his entire college career. And then the Lord would call him place after place after place, and they would find themselves in Nacogdoches, Texas. And this, man that, this young man that had walked in sin, in complete and total darkness, desperate for a way out, would decide to attend a church service, because he had to start somewhere, completely alone, and would see a man preaching to him on a stage with tattoos. And you think, oh... Everybody told me, you can't be a pastor if you have tattoos. This dude's up there a pastor, and he's preaching to me. And that young man would get the courage, and I'm talking about it, it took a lot of courage because he felt like he was going to throw up because he felt so unworthy because of everything he had done leading to that moment. And he would ask that pastor if he could just meet with him, to share with him truth. And really all he asked him was, hey, can I talk to you about your tattoos? Because they're cool. Because I didn't know how to really ask what I needed. And that would lead to years of ministry and mentorship, which would then lead to one Monday morning. Oh, my goodness. One Monday morning, heading to coffee like I had done week after week after week to meet with a man. But this time he had received a call on the way from his mentor saying that you are discipling our next youth pastor. And that morning, everything changed and i was going to the place i had been a thousand times before how convenient my life what i have right now does not exist without the convenience the perfect timing of god it does not exist i'm telling you it does not exist my boys don't exist this baby on the way don't exist Darby and Carrie living here. These things do not exist. My parents are in full time ministry. It's what they do now. They know their identities. There's not a person in my family that does not know their identities because of the convenience of God. God is convenient. But He is not always the easiest. And I will be the first to tell you, pursuing God is not always the easiest. It is not always the easiest. Start a new career in the middle of a pandemic. It is not the easiest. God is not the easiest, but He is convenient. Being in His will is convenient because He will always find you exactly where you need to be at the exact moment you need to be there. And have exactly what you need in that place right then and there. His timing is perfect, He is perfect. So, we have to change our minds if we're going to encounter that in this place. If we are going to build community in this community, and if it's going to start right here, we have to change our mind about how we engage with one another because I am telling you right now it will not ever be the easiest thing to do until the will of God is all your life is shaped around and then it will become very easy right it's a thousand times a day decision I will follow you I will follow you yes and amen yes and amen yes and amen yes and amen until all of a sudden you wake up and what your heart is rejoicing without you thinking a thought or saying a word is yes and amen So engaging one another will not always be the easiest thing. But it will be the perfect thing for you. We need to engage with one another. I love you more than what is easiest for me. That needs to be reflected in this place. That the testimony that we say to one another is that I love you more than what is easiest for me it is not always easy but it is perfect it is what the Lord has called us to do being for you is for my good and if that exists here a group of people engaging with one another breaking bread with one another living life with one another being vulnerable with one another then it can exist out there but it cannot exist out there if it does not exist here And I'm telling you right now, we've had one staff meeting since school has started. And there is already a lot to do. There are big dreams. You knew this when I took this position as pastor that I am a dreamer. So I'm dreaming big dreams all the time. Can't help it. And these dreams are for you, whether you like it or not. But we, your staff, need your help in doing it. We need you to engage with us, walking hand in hand, arm in arm, linked together to lead this community into what the Lord has for it. We cannot expect, I cannot expect, my ministers, I cannot expect Melissa to build the kingdom of heaven in all these children's hearts by herself. She is anointed to lead it. She is not anointed to do it alone. She is anointed to do it within this body with this body Darby is not meant to change the hearts and minds of the 300 some odd kids that go to school across the street not alone she's anointed to carry the vision to have the steps to take to lead us in changing the hearts and minds of 300 kids It is for us to do. But before we can do that, we have to change our mind. Because it will not always be what is easiest for you. But it will be perfectly where you need to be. Engaging one another. We see it in Acts 2, 42 through 47. They engaged one another and a city was won for the cause of Christ. The Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved, not because they were on every corner, but because they were living life together and everybody saw them. And they wanted to be a part of it. Amen? We cannot be those that harbor division. And division will be allowed to exist if we continue to pursue in our own lives what's easiest for me. And I will lose the opportunity to walk into the blessing and provision that God has for us, but we've got to walk in it together. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.